If you want to turn in your Bibles um, to Galatians 6, 1 through 10, I'll also be reading it. Um, Galatians 6, 1 through 10. Also, I want to let the record show that there's about nine of us here at the church this morning, so eight people aside from me. I have preached to a smaller crowd at a worship service, just saying. And it was also, and let's, let's acknowledge for a minute the weirdness of our situation, right? How many of us in our lifetime have experienced something like this? Um, I've preached at some weird places before. This might be up there. The other one was the, you know, I preached to like four people on a, at a mental hospital on the unit once. And that was an interesting experience too. Um, but we're going to continue our worship, um, trying to make it as normal as possible during this time. So we're going to read from Galatians 6, 1 through 10. I'll read it and you guys, everyone can follow along at home. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore them gently, but watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are nothing, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves without comparing themselves to somebody else. For each one should carry their own load. Anyone who receives instructions in the word must share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from this, that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to try not to move around too much so Nathan doesn't have to keep moving the, the camera, which is going to be difficult for me. So bear with me if I wander off of the screen. Um, we've been hearing a lot of simple advice recently. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Cough into your elbow. Stay home if you're st- sick. Stay at least six feet away from everybody. If you want a fun thing to do, see how many times I touch my face this morning. It's probably going to happen during this sermon. Um, But there are these simple, easy guidelines that can make the biggest difference in times like this. I know just washing your hands and coughing into your elbow, these are things that can make a world of a difference during this time. And it reminds us that such simple things can make a huge difference. And it's actually similar to our spiritual lives. Sometimes the easiest steps, the easiest guidelines are the things can make the biggest difference in our lives. And that's really what Paul's doing here in Galatians at this part in the letter. You see, Paul is coming to the end of his letter to the Galatian churches. He's coming to the end. He's trying to wrap up what he has been saying. You know, he's coming to the end. He's already told the Galatians that they're foolish a number of times. He's already called out the Judaizers, those Jewish legalistic Christians that were trying to tell the Galatian Christians what to do. 
And Paul also shared with them the fruits of the Spirit, what it looks like to be a a believer, a Christian. And he's coming to the end and he's summing up the entire book, the entire letter for this group of Christians. And he has to offer simple, basic instructions, very simple things like be good to one another. Don't be weary of doing good. Carry each other's burdens. Make sure you do your own work. Don't compare yourselves to other people. It's the simple, basic instructions that Paul offers to the Galatian Christians. Because Paul knows these Christians. He was with them. He helped plant these churches. And he knows that for Gentile Christians, people who did not grow up as believers... He understood that they were bringing in their old ways, their old habits with them, and that they would need new rules, new laws to live by. Because the Galatian Christians, they didn't understand that when you enter into the kingdom of God, when you enter into Christ's body, the church, when you're made new as Christians, there's a new set of rules that apply The ways of the world no longer apply here in this space. But that's what they were bringing in with them as these new Christians. Bringing in their old ways, rules from the world and society. Bringing their anger, their individualism. They were, maybe, they they didn't understand because culture told them time and time again that actually we should try to take advantage of other people. See how we can benefit from others' hard work. Find ways that we can take the easy way out and let other people do our work for us. You see, because the Galatians, these brand new Christians, still learning what it means to be members of the body of Christ, they're still operating the way the world works. And although they've been made new, these Christians have been made new by Christ. Christ has redeemed them. He has saved them. Just because you've been transformed doesn't mean the transition into the kingdom comes so quickly. You know, it reminds me a lot. When I was in college, um, I worked at a Christian summer camp. And uh, it was a day camp program. We, 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 it was like 10 weeks and there was this day camp. And we had kids from all over the, the Chicago area, the suburbs, coming to this program. And it, it's such, it was such a weird mix. Because on the one hand, you had children from very wealthy suburbs whose parents had plenty of money to give them, you know, whatever childcare they needed during the day. But they wanted their kids to have good fresh air, so they sent them to our day camp. And they came with a certain set of rules in their mind that, you know, they were to be served. And we as a staff were there to, you know, serve them and what they needed. But then on the other hand, you had this group of young children from marginalized communities where mom and dad maybe both had to work multiple jobs. And mom and dad didn't have enough money to send their kid to daycare during the day. And this Christian day camp was the cheapest and best child care resource they could get. And so you had these two groups of kids 
from very different communities, and each coming with their own set of rules. The kids, the children from the marginalized communities, six, seven, eight years old, had been taught that in their community, the rule was, if someone bullies you, you make sure to, t- to show them that you're not someone to be messed with. It wasn't just enough to have an eye for an eye. For if they took an eye, you took two eyes. On the south side, we like to call it hood justice. But um, So you had these two groups of students coming in with their own rules. Rules that were not the rules that needed to be followed at the Christian summer camp. And that these students had to be taught new rules to come in and learn that the summer camp is a different space with its own set of rules. It's a safe place of love where they can grow and not have to worry about being harmed. It's a lot like how some of us, many of us, we still come into the church holding on to this set of rules that society teaches us. And it motivates even some of our spiritual disciplines, our our spiritual motivation. Actually, when we we dig a little deeper, can sometimes be motivated Motivated by what the culture teaches us. Take, take Lent, for example. You know, oh, I'm going to give up pop for Lent. Well, maybe it's just because we want to like, kick the habit or lose five pounds. Or, you know, we're going to do a better job at meditation or prayer because, you know, it's going to help us be more productive overall. Or, you know, we're not going to check our emails anymore on Sunday because, you know, it's good for us and it helps our work productivity the rest of the week. Our motivations are always mixed. But I think sometimes when we really examine it, the rules of society creep in and influence us more than we'd like to admit. And sometimes we wish we could just be the perfect Christians right away. Not have to put in the work of doing it. Jesus, you you saved us from our sins. Why don't we get this quicker? Why don't we understand what it means to be a Christian? Why do I find it so hard to be patient in this time? We read the fruits of the spirits and we're like, that's all fine and dandy. Why does it seem like I can never be patient or have self-control? How do we keep these good habits going past 40 days of Lent or realistically the first week? It reminds us that although we've been made new by Christ, the transition into his new creation, into the church, into the kingdom of God, isn't always as straightforward and simple as we want it to be. And if anybody understands that it's not always the easiest in being a good Christian, it's Paul. Right? Paul, this guy who was so stuck in his ways that God literally had to blind him and push him off his horse for him to get on board with this Christianity thing. So Paul, when he's writing to these Galatian Christians, he understands that this isn't as easy as maybe some, some of us would like to think. Especially for Gentiles who have no history of the Torah, and God's promises in the Old Testament, for them to jump in, it can seem a little bit overwhelming. But he urges them, don't go for the Torah. Don't go for those 600 plus laws where 
It just becomes fundamentalism. Instead, Paul urges them to follow Christ's law. Well, what's Christ's law, Paul? I thought, I thought we were supposed to not be legalistic. Well, Christ's law is doing good to others, bearing each other's burdens, sowing good spiritual habits with the power of the Spirit, not being weary about doing good, and instead not comparing ourselves to others, but caring for those. That's what it means to fulfill Christ's law. To not be burdened by a set of rules where we're trying to achieve something, but instead to be loving and caring for God's, especially God's people especially those who are struggling themselves as new Christians. That's what we're called to do. That's what Paul tells the Galatian Christians. And Paul, he uses, I think, very, a very good image for all of this. And he talks about a garden. He talks about, you got to sow good seeds. you got to sow good things. If you sow bad things, if you sow sinful, fleshly things, if you just keep doing what the world tells you to do, if you continue to follow the laws and rules from society, from the world, you're going to get bad things. Don't plant dandelion seeds expecting carrots and green beans to come. And when he talks about growing, he, he reminds us that it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that When you plant something, there's only so much work you can do on your own. It's work to plant and to garden, but you have to work with the power of the Holy Spirit. Working with the Spirit rather than against the Spirit. Sometimes I like to tell people when I preach, my prayer is that I'm working with the Holy Spirit instead of in spite of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's always pulling us towards Christ. But the Holy Spirit can either be dragging us or we can be walking with the power of the Spirit. And so we come together to work with the Holy Spirit to grow more and more to the people God calls us to be. And we don't just do it on our own. That's the thing that's, that's so great, is that Paul talks about coming together and bearing each other's burdens. To be together as Christ's people and to, and to share in each other's burdens. And we don't do this as a way of trying to achieve something because we're working with the Spirit. We've already been made new. Now now we're just trying to grow in more and more into who God has called us to be. You know, my brother, um, my brother and his wife bought a house about a year and a half ago. And the first, one of the first things he did the first summer is he started and planted a garden, which is kind of strange thinking that my younger brother is his main hobby is gardening. Um, I would have never expected that. But he's, he's, he's become a really good gardener, and he grows all sorts of things like zucchinis and strawberries and broccoli and all this like fun stuff. And he just loves gardening. And him and his friends who will get together, and they all garden. And so what they'll do when they get together is 
they swap tips, right? They, they talk about what's in season. If one of their friends is struggling with something, they tell them some you know, ideas that they have how to better uh, grow that vegetable. They'll even bring with them the fruits and vegetables and share them with each other. This group of guys just sitting around talking about gardening and hoping that and encouraging each other to do, be better and grow more good things. And you know, to me, that is just the perfect image of what we are called to be as the church. A group of gardeners coming together, encouraging one another in our own cultivation, in growing the good things we're called to grow, and sharing those good things that come from it. Right? We are part of a community. It's so important for us to hear that now more than ever, that we are still part of a community bound together by the Holy Spirit, bound together by love that no virus, no amount of distance could separate us. We're called to be together and to encourage one another's growth in our own spiritual gardens, to continue to grow good things and allow the Holy Spirit a fertile space so that we can be grow and grow more and more to what Christ wants us to be. Sharing in those, those gifts, encouraging others who are having a tough time, but remind, being reminded that ultimately that work is ours to do. You know, N.T. Wright, a famous pastor, he kind of really, in his commentary on this passage, pointed out that that's the weird thing. Verse 2, it uh, says, Bear one another's burdens. And then in verse 5, it says, carry your own, or do your own work. And that's the weird part of being in a community, that we're called to be responsible to one another, but ultimately it's on us. And so we work with the power of the Spirit to continue to grow and grow more and more to who God wants us to be. How do we do that? Well, we do it by sowing good things, by, by cultivating spiritual disciplines, spiritual habits. Um, one, of my, one of the best writers on this subject, Jamie Smith at Calvin College, Calvin University now, um, he writes about the importance of spiritual habits and how we as people are, we crave liturgy, we crave spiritual practices and habits that form us. So much so... That the world, we get, try to get it from the world. And we take on these habits. And the world is trying to form us to one thing. Usually trying to get us to buy something. But instead, we're always being called and prompted and pulled towards the things that God, the ways God wants us to be formed. And just like growing green beans, there's really no secret in it. If we want to grow more and more into who Christ is calling us to be, we need the support of our community to, to, to encourage us, to give us tips on how to develop our spiritual garden, to grow more and more into the people that God has called us to be. I know it can be hard, and especially in this time of social distancing, how do we do this? How do we do, how do we grow more and more to who Christ wants us to be? 
I know for me personally, this week, I was frustrated because I wasn't patient. I was frustrated because I felt like all these things that we had planned had just gone away in a second, and I felt like I had no control over anything that was going on, and reminding myself that we're called to grow this spiritual fruit, to be people who God wants us to. And how hard that can be when we're not here together in this church building. We're not together as a community. And so during this time, growing those spiritual habits may seem harder than ever, but this is the time when it's the most important. And so although we can't support each other maybe as physically as we like, as some of us need, maybe we can continue to do that, to show Christ's love and grace through calling each other on the phone, sending cards, encouraging one another in our spiritual growth as best as we can. Remembering that we work with the power of the Spirit because of what Christ has first done in us. Would you please join me in prayer? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Lord, we come to you this morning confused, angry, anxious, wherever it is, Lord. Whatever place we're at, in our home, here in this church, concerned about our friends and family, Lord, our patience, patience is so hard right now. We're so anxious with all that's going on. Lord, let us be a community where we can support each other no matter where we're at. No physical space will stop your love from spreading to all people. Remind us this week, Lord, more than ever of your love to us, your power, your control over all things, and help us continue to support one another, to share in the spiritual gifts that you give us, and to encourage us to grow closer and closer to you, to be the people you call us to be. Holy Spirit, be our peace. Give us calm in this time so that that would spread to others that we love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.